Hi, welcome to another episode of Six Feet Apart. I'm your host, Daniel Headley. This is a production of Cloud and Bridge and a ministry of Heights Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Today, I'm interviewing Dee Brown. He's the music coordinator at Heights Cumberland Presbyterian Church's Cloud and Bridge ministry on nine o'clock at nine o'clock on Sundays. Welcome, Dee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Sorry for that extra long intro. I just kind of lost myself. Dee. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Dee, uh, a lot of folks uh, don't know you yet because, uh, well, you, you, you came to Cloud and Bridge and, and then this, this strange thing happened, a global pandemic. Right. I think we're about two weeks in uh, when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. You know, and I was thinking the other day, I was asking my friends, like, what's the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic? And apparently a pandemic is when you have an epidemic everywhere. So there you go. Makes it pan. That makes the epi a pan problem. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the middle of this pandemic and uh, people didn't really get a chance to get to know you and give you the full Cloud and Bridge welcome. Uh, and uh, now I think this is a, I think it's all probably already overdue to be including you in the podcast, but I want to give people a chance to get to know you, uh, hear a little bit about your history, uh, how you came into music, and, uh, and where you see music uh, fitting in your life and just how you process all of this, um, this world where God has placed you. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right, Dee. <laughs> so you did not grow up uh, your, in your childhood in Albuquerque. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and how you got into music as a kid. Uh, well, I grew up in Oklahoma City, uh, and I was born and raised there, and uh, was raised by uh, two uh, pastor parents. Uh, I basically grew up learning uh, the things that they learned in seminary. They'd come home and and uh, teach us, and uh, in addition to that, my sister, my oldest sister, Dianca, uh, who also now lives here in Albuquerque, uh, would force me and my other siblings to sing. I have, I have two sisters and a brother, uh, so four of us all together. Uh, and she started singing and playing piano and making music very young. Uh, when, when we were old enough to be a part of it, she sort of forced us to at the time. <laughs> nice. So what, what part did you play in the family choir? Where, where was your... Uh, well, I, I was just, I was singing tenor, uh, for a long time. I, I was, uh, maybe 17, 18 when I started playing piano, mm. but just singing and, and I, you know, did it sort of begrudgingly me and my other three siblings. Uh, but, uh, eventually it became something that we all sort of had a love for and, uh, that we all subsequently still do to this day as, uh, music and ministry That's um, and my my father would go and preach places and we would uh sing the quote sermonic solo before the sermon and uh okay hold on hold on explain that well uh basically we would there is a tradition of someone singing a song prior to the preacher uh, it's called a sermonic solo in the gospel in the sort of black church. And uh, 
that's what we would do for our dad as a group. We were called uh, anointed vessels. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would go up and from, I, I'm pretty sure I was probably seven or eight when we started doing this. Uh, we did it for several years. Uh, and eventually uh, my mother recalled, tells the story that she prayed that they would open some sort of music school that she could afford oh. uh, to send us all to uh, uh, art school. And they, a couple years later, they did just that in Oklahoma City. They opened up a school called Class and School of Advanced Studies, where it was half art school, half international baccalaureate learning program. Uh, and we, one by one, as we got out of elementary school, were all accepted. Wow. But you have to, you have to rewind first because this is, you said black church and you know, well, we all know Clatter Bridge is not a black church. So right. <laughs> help us to understand. I want to, I want to know. So this solo, this you're talking about, is that traditionally done acapella? Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends. It, it could be played. Uh, it just depends on the, on the song really, but we would normally either sing acapella. Yes. Or, uh, my sister would play once she got a little bit older, or if it was a song that was a traditional song or a hymn or things that everyone would know, then whoever was a musician at the church would play behind us. And and this was supposed to be done. Uh, was the congregation supposed to sing along to these, or is this kind of like no, a prelude music almost? A, correct. So we, it was basically several things would happen in the service earlier, uh, and. There'd be a welcome. We'd sing some congregational songs, uh, maybe giving before, but, and eventually it's time to bring up the minister. They tell you who he was, sort of introduce him, he or she, and then directly after the introduction of the minister, the sermonic solo, and then the minister is the next voice that you hear. Very cool. Okay, so let's get back to this art school. So in International Baccalaureate <laughs> Art School, and uh, you were all accepted. So is this when you pay? So you said from elementary school is when you started this? Yes, I, I was probably seven. Okay, but you had mentioned so earlier. Four years older than me. Got it. Okay, so you had mentioned earlier that you didn't really get into piano till you were quite a bit older, but I'm assuming you were trained right. uh, in piano first. Uh, no? Uh, as far as, uh, well, no. At the school. I, at, at the oh, art school. At the school, I, at the school, they made you do whatever your major was, which for me was vocal music. And if it was music, you also had to do piano and another instrument. So I did piano and cello. Oh. And so I really didn't do a lot of piano. I wasn't interested in playing piano. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I, as an adult, I'm happy that somehow I ended up doing it because it is very helpful. Uh, and whatever you're trying to do in music. But <laughs> at the time, I wasn't interested in playing piano, so I literally just took the little basic class that I had to take and learned five-finger patterns and stuff that would help me with my singing. Oh. Um, so and you, go ahead. Uh, how are your skills on the cello still? Are you keeping those up? They're a little rusty. I, I still have a cello, but I, I play... The last time I played cello was uh, maybe little over a year ago at a wedding uh and uh i took a lot of practice to sound good i'll tell you that 
<laughs> but you know, you know, the problem is now that you revealed this, you know, Justin's going to hear this and he's going to be like, wait a minute, I need some cello on the next, the next worship right. set. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me and uh, cello is exactly the sound that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, because because you know we're 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 building the recordings now offline, so you could actually right. layer your own cello playing behind your piano Over the, playing. Yeah. You know, if you we got a, if we have a couple extra days to yeah get back sharp on it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, all right, enough of that. So, um, okay, so you uh, you but eventually, so you came to you came to Albuquerque. So, did you finish your finish high school in Oklahoma? No, I got here during my senior year, and uh, and where did you go to where did you go to high school? I went to Sandia. Okay. For my senior year, Sandia High, and that's where I graduated, and subsequently got the lottery scholarship and started my college uh, at UNM. Nice. That was pretty slick. Your parents were able to pull that off the lottery. Yeah, there. It worked out. It worked yeah. out. <laughs> Very good. So UNM, you studied music there as well. Correct. And then uh, you went on to study in other schools you mentioned to me as well. Right. I, I, I uh, also studied at uh, the University of Art and Design, uh, Santa Fe University of Art and Design, which unfortunately has now closed uh, because of it was under a big umbrella company and they decided to close it. So. Right. Right. Now in coming here. School, yeah, I, I've heard. Now in coming here, your parents continued in pastoral ministry. Is that correct? Correct. And so you were still yeah, involved? We, correct. We, we moved here and uh, that's the first time that I was um, a worship leader uh, because my sister was no longer here and I had to really play the piano for real <laughs> at the church and uh, lead. And it was several years of, you know, learning how to not only um, not only the the technical and spiritual part of leading worship but also just actually having to be the person that deals with personalities and people and uh, is able to you know quell problems and issues and and it was a really good learning experience in the first time but I had to do those things. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking, that's the pastoral side of the music ministry. Right. And uh, did you find right away that you enjoyed that or did, was that uh, different than you expected? Uh, I did not right away enjoy it. Um, I was young, younger than I am now. And um, everyone else was older than me. So having to find that balance between, you know, this uh, very learned level of respecting your elders and the fact that you are indeed the leader and responsible for this going well uh, was a challenge. But it sounds like I, they, uh, they didn't kick you out though. <laughs> they did not kick me out. <laughs> and it, it may have just been because there were uh, scarce options outside of me. But uh, <laughs> uh, thank God I was able to stay. And, <laughs> and that was the beginning of, of what I think has been a really 
good uh, learning ground for me uh, in the church and in music uh, to be the type of leader uh, that, you know, I would want to follow. Yeah. Now, so to be clear, you, so you started at around age 18 then. That's, is that, mm-hmm. okay. And so have you basically been leading music in church ever since? Ever since. Yeah. Really? Even through yeah. while, while you were in college, you were able to still make the time and do that? Yep. 100%. Uh, and at UNM, I, I started the, uh, and directed the UNM Gospel Choir. It was a new thing at the time. Uh, and that was also, you know, <laughs> part of my learning how to, you know, deal with people. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I, I think um, grace plays a large part, uh, both for yourself and for those that you lead, uh, but also <clears throat> just really uh, getting to know the people and having them get to know you uh, makes made a, a big difference for me. Uh, because I just at first had the sense that I needed to make these plans and come in here and teach it like a, like a professor and all right, now go out there and be great, you know, and, and it just, just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially with me being the youngest person in the room, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I learned a lot of, you know, a lot of learning people and really listening, you know, sometimes uh, people will seem to be just kicking against the pricks, for lack of a better term, just for the sake of it. But generally speaking, people have real concerns and real issues that if you, if you brush off without really considering, uh, that's when a lot of the you know, discord starts. And uh, if you really sit down and talk it out and hear, both, hear all, the, all of it and they hear you, you know, I've I've had so much less trouble uh, with dealing with groups and music uh, leadership because of that. And it was just it's just something that you have to I don't know you have to kind of humble yourself and just I don't know take a back seat sometimes. I'd eventually I'm, say I'm, that I'd eventually say that 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 probably works in a in just about any um, aspect of life, not just, not just leading worship teams. Right. For sure. For sure. It definitely helped in other parts of my life too, professional (laughs) realm and all that. Wow. That's great. So yeah. So starting out uh, at 18 and then now you just said professional, um, you are also uh, a musician in non-church context. When, When did that start? Uh, that started maybe um, let me think when my daughter was born, uh, which was two thousand and nine. I was working at Wells Fargo and just trying to climb the ladder, and I was working a ridiculous amount of hours, and I missed my daughter. I dreaded going into work. 
and and I prayed. I said, Lord, I I really don't know how to make all of this work, but I I would really like it to be easier and better than this. Um, and then my mom said something to me um, soon after that, probably within days, that the Lord had spoken to her that he had given uh, our family all of the tools that we needed uh, to uh, be, uh, to do ministry and to prosper in the earth. Uh, and that we just had to use them. Um, and so I decided that I was going to leave Wells Fargo and I got a job at, uh, I can't think of the name of the church right now, but St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, teaching their choir and leading their music. Um, uh, there was a little gap in between, which was a little bit of a struggle, but eventually got it together. And then from there, I started doing weddings and things like that as well. Um, and that's kind of kind of how I got into music as a so was this a scary thing? Profession. Yeah, was was this a scary transition, or did it just feel right from the beginning? Uh, it definitely felt right from the beginning, but then directly after that, there was a scary few months. <laughs> uh, I think. <laughs> two things can be true at once. So yes. Both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're excited. You're excited and scared. Yes. Correct. <laughs> I get that feeling. I've had that feeling a lot in life. Right. So, um, so, so you, uh, this music became your career at that point. Um, because had you been, had you been paid in churches prior to that, uh, for your, for your work? No, I, I was all, it had all been, uh, volunteer up to that point excellent okay all right so now now we um fast forward a little bit here to to now today and um what do we you know how did you end up at, at cloud and bridges door what, to tell us that story okay i'll try to make it a short story although it's kind of a long story uh it's not that long so i was called by another uh, pastor friend of mine, uh, Gary Archibald, actually, the music director at Heights. And uh, this was at least four or five years ago. And he, I don't even know that he was at Heights yet. I, I'm not totally sure. So don't call me, hold, hold me to that. But I'm not sure that he was at Heights yet, but he knew Justin. Mm -hmm. And Justin was wanting to have a, uh, a bridge talk, I think, uh, on uh, racial reconciliation mm -hmm. in the church. And Gary suggested, so I guess, I guess Gary had already been at Heights and he was also ministering at Cloud and Bridge because Cloud and Bridge was already established if they were having bridge talks. So, uh, and they wanted to have some people come in and talk about it. Some people that uh, have some experience or uh, some, some sort of things to say about it. Uh, they felt like I would be a person that fit that mold. And so uh, I agreed to do it. Gary's a good friend of mine. And uh, when I talked to Justin, he seemed 
sincere and and uh, seemed like something I want to do. So I came, I did the bridge talk, uh, talked to Justin maybe one or two times since that event over, over these last few years, uh, just, you know, in passing and uh, checking in or whatever. But once Gary was, uh, once we were moving to Sunday mornings, Gary couldn't pull off both the way he could when it was Saturday night and Sunday morning. Uh, so I got to talking to Justin about it. Uh, and eventually uh, we thought we'd give it a, you know, a trial period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, t- and two weeks in, I felt like I knew that I want to continue. Uh, and Corona. <laughs> uh. Changed it from uh, in person to to uh, Zoom and then pre-recorded services, uh, but uh, that's basically how I, how I got here. Uh, and I I really felt very led to uh, to do it. I, I I wasn't really sure exactly what it entailed or anything, but. Uh, once the conversation started of, of me possibly doing it, I was, I felt very led to, to be a part of it. And uh, a lot of the talks, uh, the talks I've had with Justin uh, for this and a couple talks prior to, and even the bridge talk uh, those years ago, uh, all sort of came full circle in my, in my mind and in my heart towards doing this or that. Excellent. So tell me um, about this, this, uh, this bridge talk um, touched on the fact that you're African-American. Now you grew up in the black church and um, was that, was that your whole church experience up until, uh, up until coming to Cloudham Bridge or um, this, um, had you been involved as a worship leader in, in other churches as well? I've been involved uh, in other churches as well. Uh, so most of my upbringing, I was a part of a black uh, gospel type music leadership. Um, because of my uh, education, both in, in high school and uh, college, uh, I knew, I, I mean, I know how to read music and and things like that. So I, once I was uh, leaving Wells Fargo, as we talked about before, I took on a job that required more of those things uh, than I had actually led prior to that. Um, so, and it was interesting. Uh, I, when I was telling you before about the learning curve, of like really being, uh, learning my leadership style and uh, how to, balance all those different things. Uh, the church that I went to immediately after uh, leaving Wells Fargo uh, was a, a Lutheran church. It was mostly white and uh, everyone in the choir was 50 years old or older. And uh, so me coming in, I think I was 25 at the time, uh, 25 year old black guy coming into that sort of a setting 
was the finishing touches on my <laughs> on my education of how to, you know, figure this leading and being young and earning the respect of the elders. Yeah. Older okay. People. So I didn't realize that that church was not a black church. So 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 that first church is when that transition occurred. Then. Correct. Got it. Excellent. Uh, but but during my my childhood, my, you know, my my parents were very very uh, clear and cautious with us about uh, knowing, understanding that the church is one body, and and we definitely experience every type of church. Uh, we just I just hadn't led there before, you know. Uh, okay. Great. Yeah. Jesus. Excellent. So now, Cloud and Bridge. Um, T tell us a little bit about your vision and your, uh, you know, kind of like what you see for your place and kind of music that you'd like to bring to Cloud and Bridge and, and how you'd like to use music to minister to the community there. Well, I, my um, philosophy uh, with worship is uh, that, the more, well, it's, it's that diversity is important and um, congregational involvement is also important. So if, if you're in a position where, you're, where you are trying to grow in diversity and you're trying to find um, ways to be inviting to a larger group of people, uh, the most important thing is that you do it in a way that those that are currently there uh, can follow. And when I was brought into St. Timothy's, uh, part of most, a lot of the hiring choice was just that. That was their goal, that was their intention uh, to move from uh, more old school hymns and, and things like that into contemporary Christian music. Um, and I should say, I personally prefer hymns to, to contemporary Christian music <laughs> uh, in most cases, but, um, but I, I, I appreciate that um, the unchurched uh, can't relate to that the way that me growing up in church my entire life can. Yeah. Um, so, it's important to, to be mindful of, of everyone and to, to consider uh, not just yourself and what you would like to do, but, you know, the congregation uh, that's, that's there, making sure that if you're going to move in a different direction, that you do it uh, slowly and in a, in a calculated way that you can explain as you go. Uh, because what their intention was, was just to flip a switch. And for me coming in, being some random guy, some random kid, you know, to them, uh, and uh, totally switching it up and, you know, uh, and, and then being the black guy too, it's like, you brought in the black guy and all of a sudden everything's all different and it's, you don't <laughs> like it. Uh, that's, that's what I didn't want. Uh, so, <laughs> so we did it very slowly. We, we started doing, uh, I came in honestly and just did exactly what they've been doing for a period of time. And that wasn't exactly what the, what the people that hired me wanted, uh, but I knew that I needed to 
uh, needed to ingratiate myself to the congregation prior to being the face of all of these changes. <laughs> so, that makes sense. Uh, so I did that. And then I slowly started bringing in the songs. I started, you know, hearing a little grumbling. And I would talk to people and have sit downs and coffees and things like that. And really just, you know, hear them out, you know, hear, hear what they had to say, understand where they're coming from, help them, you know, to hear where my heart is and, you know, what, what my, uh, what, what I've been asked to do. Uh, and also, you know, how we were planning to, to roll it out. And I think um, that is the thing that made me uh, very comfortable with uh, Cloud and Bridge uh, because I, I just know that, uh, especially once I got there and, and got to know more people than just Justin, yourself, and and Bethany and, and others and, and leadership and even even Lyle uh, and we I knew that whatever the goal was that not only would you guys have my back but that we could get there at a slower slow pace and not ruffle anything too crazy <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm hearing is that uh, your vision is still secret <laughs> but it's Don't gonna come to but it's gonna come it's gonna come slowly and we're not gonna even realize it once it's changed and we're all gonna be transformed to a better place trans just it's just gonna be it's gonna feel right and no one's gonna even know what happened that's what i'm hearing well the truth is <laughs> the truth is it's open you know and that's the, that's the beauty of 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 all of it you know um justin uh is really 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 open to whatever the Lord has to do. So if he feels like the Lord brought us together to be a part of this and the Lord told me yes, and we're in there doing it, then let's just see what happens um, as far as um, just being open to how things move and shift, you know, and, and uh, for the most part, that has meant not very much. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, and there's nothing, there wasn't really anything wrong with Gary's great leadership. He just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, so the fact that nothing, not very much has changed, uh, is not surprising to me at all. Uh, but it is a beautiful thing to know that if, uh, the need arises or if there is a, a shift for any reason that, the, the door is open to explore all that the Lord would have for us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So what would you say is, you know, is there a thing or is it maybe just everything, but what is it that really makes you love being a musician? And then specifically, you know, both outside in the community and then also in the church? You know, I, I really every year this this past may or earlier this month i turned 36 and every year of my life uh since i started doing music i've i felt more and more including this year 
like I was just literally built for this. There's no other, there's nothing that I feel more comfortable and natural at than doing music. And I really believe uh, that the Lord uh, places gifts in the body um, in such a way that everything is covered. And so uh, if the Lord gives me a mind and an ability to do music, uh, then that's, that's, that's really, really, really what I was built for and what I uh, should do uh, because it is what uh, the body that I'm going to come in contact with needs from me. Um, and living into that um, has, it just has given me so much peace in life. Uh, being a career musician uh, isn't really the most uh, secure thing or choice to make, especially to go to school for music. But I just feel like, uh, and I not even I just feel, the Lord has really, really uh, blessed me for doing the things that he's called me to do. Um, and music is a big part of that. So how would you say, I mean, because clearly what you do is ministry. How would you say that ministry unfolds in a secular setting? What does that look like to you? Well, the Bible talks about uh, knowing, knowing someone by their fruit. And it's important to me uh, as a musician in, in general to, and whatever I'm doing for that fruit to still be present and visible and point people to Christ. Um, and so uh, the song may not be a song for the glory of the Lord, but there are songs that I won't do. You know, there are songs that I, you know, I'm not interested in. And, you know, uh, there have even been times where uh, maybe a wedding or something where they requested something in particular and I didn't think about it much. And then once I'm doing it, it's like, ah, that's it. Uh, and so I add that to the list of songs I want to. <laughs> 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 uh, and, and, and even for my music, uh, my, the music that I write and, and produce, uh, most of it that's out at the moment is gospel music. It's, uh, but the, couple things that are not and the things that are coming that aren't specifically gospel music or Christian music. Um, my hope and my uh, goal is always that the top, the subject matter and the, and the way that I speak about it and the influence of the Lord and Jesus in my life shine through those things. Um, and uh, one big sort of check box that I put on everything that I, that I write and put out is that my daughter, who's 11, can listen to and sing every word. Mm, that's good. And I, and I find that that sort of just helps me to be able to, for someone to be able to listen to my song, uh, um, Good Time or prelude and 
still come and listen to uh, and be a part of worship with me on Sunday without there being any conflict or hesitation. Yeah. That's good. You mentioned the influence your older sister had on you and getting you to, to sing. Um, would you say that there are, uh, that you could specifically point to other people throughout your life that have inspired you and given you that, the courage and, and uh, the encouragement to, to move in this direction? Um, yeah, both people that I know and just musicians. Uh, biggest influence, I think, uh, overall musically would be Stevie Wonder. Um, just his mastery of all three things, you know, writing, playing, and singing is something that I could work forever and still learn something new every day. Uh, so I, I really, really, really uh, know all anything Stevie and, <laughs> and so, listen to it. So, so we can always request a Stevie Wonder song and, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be easy for you to, to pull that one out. It'll be, I'll keep doing it on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I said that and now you're going to request some B-side something. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then as far as gospel music, a lot of people, there's a, a gentleman by the name of Fred Hammond who long time gospel uh, singer and leader uh, and uh, John P. Key and um, a person who is kind of a vocal anomaly, um, Kim Burrell, also a gospel singer who's sort of fused gospel and jazz um, in a really very cool way if you haven't heard her. Maybe check no. that out. Yeah. And um, let's see. A lot of my teachers in high school and, and college, uh, in high school, my, my piano teacher, my the last piano teacher I had in high school was uh, uh, a lady by the name of Miss Frankenfields. And she uh, was a believer. And um, she would always pray really loud and hard mm. before we did choral things, uh, <laughs> choir concerts and things like that. Um, and I felt right at home, although a lot of the kids felt a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> but, <laughs> she didn't care. Uh, and, but but that was, that's not the only thing. Uh, the other thing was she would give A or F grades and everybody thought she was super mean. And I, you know, time I probably did too <laughs> but she would always give you a chance to do it again so if you did if you tried to play whatever song you were supposed to be working on and it did not go well it was A or F so if you got halfway through and you'd already messed up enough to get an F you were done we'll just stop try again tomorrow and the beauty of that is it taught me to how to really practice uh and you know i i slack still to this day but when the time comes and something's difficult or i really really need to get it at the last minute or whatever the case may be um that sort of focus on okay i got an f today if i don't fix it tomorrow it's going to be an f mm. uh it was it's actually helpful and, and for musicians 
practicing is everything. And she understanding that, you know, it comes off to us as hey, you're F grades. That's so mean. Mm-hmm. But she understood that to play piano, especially as a, you know, high school or you just have to put in the time. It's just the type of thing where no matter what she taught us, it would not stick if we didn't put in the time. Yeah. And nobody actually failed. We all figured it out. Um, and most of those people, including myself, are playing piano today. So uh, I, I really appreciate her. And that's a big influence for me. Because as I said, I didn't want to play piano. Uh, but after all that, I had worked so hard at it that I wasn't going to just stop. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, what I'm thinking as we're talking is um, I feel like, I feel like, you know, D you could, you could put on a, uh, you know, Cloud and Bridge's equivalent of a tiny desk concert for Cloud and Bridge sometime. You know, some of your favorites, I don't know how you feel about that. Honestly, uh, Justin and I have tossed that idea around a little bit prior to Corona and, you know, we'll see once we're back to full capacity and open. Maybe we'll make something like that happen. Oh, I'm talking about recorded with Corona. With Corona, okay. Yeah, well, cor- I- yeah corroded con- a, a a a recorded <laughs> concert now. <laughs> let's 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 recorded hear this concert now. Let's hear this right. music. Let's hear this music, man. I want to hear this. Uh, I want to hear these inspirations. Right. Yeah, that's wonderful. D, um, I'm going to start bringing this to a close here. But um, any any closing thoughts you have about about you know what this all means to you? you know, where you are right now and what God is doing in your life? Uh, I feel as if you, for me, I, I, I go through a lot of, I've gone through a lot of phases of feeling like this was the thing that I needed to learn. And now, now I'm, I'm what God wants me to be, or, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it better than that, but, uh, and then the older I get, I learned that, that's just a continual thing. You know, this is uh, just the next, the next thing, the next, uh, the next experience that's going to shape um, your, my ministry and my music and um, my relationships with people. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm coming into this, experience with Colin Bridge, very open and um, just with a lot of love in my heart. And I feel that uh, I've been received uh, in a similar way. Uh, and I, I don't take it for granted. I'm, I'm really pleased to be um, a part of this. And I'm excited to see all of the things that the Lord uh, wants to do with this ministry, with the, with that uh, neighborhood, with with heights as a as a complete body, um, and just happy that I can be a part of it. Well, yeah, Cloud and Bridge is happy to have you, and and uh, people, I know I can speak for everyone there that uh, everyone there really appreciates you and and what you bring, and your pastoral heart, and uh, just especially during this time, um, I feel like I. I can speak for others and to say that we've appreciated uh, how you've poured yourself into the music during our recorded sessions and uh, what a gift it's been to, to hear from you. So Dee, I'm going to close this out with, uh, with a little prayer and, uh, and thank you. 
Um, Father, thank you for my brother D and uh, the way you've made him, the, his life experiences and the gifts you've given him. Thank you that he sees that and acknowledges that and uh, is, is working hard to, to do his part in, in uh, making these gifts um, realized in your church right here in our community. So Father, we do pray that you strengthen him, encourage him, and, uh, and give us all wisdom for the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Dee, it's a pleasure. Um, folks uh, listening, I encourage you to get to know Dee better. And uh, I'm sure, you know, I mean, I think, I think we're all going to be coming to you with, uh, you know, B-side B Stephen Wonder. <laughs> so there you go. I, I'm, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'm going to.